Welcome back to Rude Dude. I am your host, Lobman X, with my partner, Creerin Davis. <laughs> How are you, Cam? Well, dude, um, I've been better, bro. Um, fighting off uh, one of these uh, kids' sicknesses. I think uh, Graham got diagnosed with RSV, and and I oh, think it's, no. I think it's a RSV for the old Korea over here, bro. I feel like complete ass. So I may. Are you RSVPing to heaven? <laughs> dude, dude. I, like I texted you earlier, man. I may actually die live on the pod, dude. Cause like I feel. I that feel would that be great dude. for ratings. I it will would, carry dude. on. Please you will be do, our bro. Tupac. Forrest, take over for me, bro. But yeah, dude, I got, I'm ready. I got, I got toilet paper to blow my nose. Oh, I got Jesus. Fisherman's Friend fucking cough drops. I'm locked in, dude. How are you doing, bro? I am I'm cooked, buddy. You asked me to bring the energy tonight and I don't have it. So, we're just going to have a low energy bummed out ass podcast. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I took a nap. Bad. I did not go to the gym as protocol would state. Mm. Work kicked my ass and we can talk about it with someone I work with because today we have my buddy Nash. How you doing, Nash? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Nash. Thanks for coming on, bro. We're excited. Hen's been talking a lot about you. Um, I'm excited to hear a little bit of your story. Listeners will really enjoy it as well from what I hear. Um, we we love having guests on, bro. So thanks for having the courage to come and sit down with us, dude. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got he's got this year's um this year's uh convention shirt on repping the mrscna uh convention shirt so he's in he's with the vibes he's in the mood he's ready to to profess some recovery to the world yeah nice dude <laughs> nice what the hell does mrscna stand for i bet you neither of us could tell him huh Nah, i don't know um hey, it's <laughs> it's our area it's like something to do maryland saved you roanoke south carolina Northern Australia. <laughs> uh, it's it's our area of the it's the it's the major area of the people region where that meets for the convention we go to. Something okay, I don't know. okay, okay. But I yeah, like I was I was hoping it was going to be something a little cooler than that, but but it's all right, dude. We'll let it slide. Looks like a dope shirt. So Nash, I work with Nash. Um, he is also. A graduate of Jacob's Ladder. Yep. So yep. I met him. I think I met him. Um, did I see you at convention while you were still in the ladder? Um, no. I When I touched down at convention, I just dipped away from everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just mingled with other people that I see 24-7. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm, I met you a couple times before you graduated. And then obviously I met you after you graduated. Right. Now we work together. Um, tell me... Uh, well, let's start with a little bit about yourself. Um, 
from North Carolina originally. Um, dad was a Green Beret. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, moved back forth from North Carolina, West Virginia a lot. Because um, Army or? Army, yeah. He was Navy for like so many years and the Gulf War kicked off and he decided to, you know, he's going to go be G.I. Joe, I reckon. And the people must know. You were born in the same hospital as one Jermaine Cole. Yes. Yes. Ah, this hey, is true. No yeah. wonder Henry Cole. Them, bro. <laughs> yeah. Street right. cred. Yeah. He's actually back there over behind his head. Um, so, and then you, but you uh, did a lot of your fucking around in Southern West Virginia. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Huntington, West Virginia. Tell us a little uh, bit about the. The Badlands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a wide open there, man. Um, I run around on the streets there for like two years and um, cops would just be like, uh, they didn't care what you did. You know what I mean? As long as you was not openly committing a felony in front of them, they didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, um, yeah, it's wide open. What was your drugs of choice? Um, of choice? Um, heroin, fentanyl. Um, I still had a pretty good uh, Detroit connection. So it was getting, still getting heroin. I'm sure there was some fentanyl mixed into it as well, but um were you traveling to Detroit? No, no. So for people that aren't from around here and also uh, aren't familiar with geography, a lot of around here, a lot of people, I'm serious. I wouldn't have known like around here. A lot of people get drugs from either Baltimore or Detroit. They, that's how they funnel into West Virginia. The, the major stuff, right? Yeah. Did you, you didn't go yourself though? No, no, no. I knew a lot of people that did make the trip. So, so how? Go ahead, Kim. Dude, I'm just intri- I'm just in- I'm just intrigued. Uh, how far of a drive is it from West Virginia to say like Detroit or to Maryland for you guys? Because I know it's way more Shit. condensed back there. Detroit is a long ways though, even from here, and he's three hours further south. Yeah. So Detroit, okay. I think, is like seven eight hours from from Morgantown. Uh, that, so it'd be like strike, eleven yeah. or something. Yeah. And then what about Maryland? Maryland is Baltimore's closer. Baltimore's. I'm I'm not sure. This is as far as north I've ever been. Baltimore's maybe two, three. I think Baltimore's like three hours from here. Nice. Nice. Okay. Go ahead, dude. I just, I was just curious because I, because I know, like I said, it's like super condensed. Like you're in, you're in Ohio and Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. And well, you you could be Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania and Maryland are both 10 minutes from me right this second. Okay. So there's okay. that. DC's like three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, tell us a little bit about the addiction. What? How? Maybe how it started. And um. Yeah, I got addicted. Um. Started. I was around twelve years old. Um. Was playing with fire in a trailer park, Ooh. and um, a friend of mine <laughs> caught five gallons. <laughs> yeah, it always happens in a trailer park. Um. But um. A friend of mine caught five gallons of gas on fire and like I've seen gas cans catch on fire and just blaze, but there was enough oxygen in it and it ignited. And um, I was probably standing a good 30 yards away and uh, yeah, it it caught me on fire, caught him completely on fire. So um, I ended up getting like third degree burn skin graft on my leg. Um, So I had pain pills like and honestly, like probably after the first three, six months, I didn't need them, but I had them for probably at least two years after that. 
Dang. So, and that's when the whole pill pandemic was going on. So I was just, you know, you were how old? Um, I want to say 12. Yeah. I, um, due to the trauma, like that whole timeline's just, you know, it's just, fucked were up. they oxys? Yeah. Yeah. I was so, getting a shot of morphine and an oxy every hour while I was in the hospital. We were prescribing 12 year old Oxycontin yeah. for no. years. See, see, this is where, this is where I love having people, um, like you on Nash or we do that is fucking wild to me, bro. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and regardless of what was going on, but it really does show how corrupt that fucking pharmaceutical <laughs> system really was. We're just, we're just oh, yeah. stroking out scripts to Oxycontin for, for 12 year olds, 13 year olds. Yeah. Like, like here you well, go. Pal. And you would, luck. you would think they would be vigilant and say like, all right, th- it's been three months. We got to move the kid to Tylenol or, you know what I mean? Something. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, because that's how that's how that goes out here, right? Like, I remember when I was detoxing off of booze, um, I had that Ativan prescription, right? And I went to get it refilled, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not giving that to you anymore," just because it was a benzo, right? Like, like, and so yeah. I can only imagine, like, hey, let me get a let me get some oxycodone, be like, all right, hey, how much do you want, brother? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm envisioning <laughs> here, and it's fucking wild to me, dude. So you. Uh- you had the script for a couple of years and was it, did you abuse it when you were at that age or you pretty much took it as prescribed? Took it, took it as prescribed. But um, yeah, once they cut me off, like I think that's where I got good work ethics from. I started mowing grass to just buy pills out of the neighborhood and stuff. <laughs> so um, yeah, I had all, like a whole routine, a whole, you know, working on the whole neighborhood of just cycling everybody's yards just to feed my addiction. So you were buying them off the streets oh, around yeah. 14. Yeah. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. And it was just pills still at that point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pills, pills up until like, um, probably early twenties. And, uh, that's when I started doing heroin. Yeah. And what was the heroin cheaper? Um, how'd you, what, what, how'd you make the switch? Um, a woman. Yeah. She, uh, she introduced me yeah. to it. Um, yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, as old as time. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, and you know, it would have happened inevitably as much as it was going around here. One way it, or the other. Yeah. Pretty much when the pill mill started slowing down, uh, the heroin just started booming. Yeah. It was just, yeah. It just yeah, picked right off. Yeah. And it was cheaper. Yeah, definitely. It was cheaper, yeah. So, so it was a woman who got you into. She, she was a heroin addict, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, absolutely. did you, did you, uh, were you one of these uh, oxy heads who did you smoke it, shoot it, or were you just taking them? Because I know that I know that I had a bunch of friends that were, that were doing it every which way till Sunday, right? No, absolutely not. Like, um, I've put it on a foil, and as soon as I start smoking, I freak out. I'm like, I'm wasting my dope. Uh, it just, I just went straight to the needle, and it was just wide open. Yeah. Okay. Dude, yeah. that's another thing that's wild to me, Hen. I mean, I mean, I, I just the heroin addicts. You, I got to give you guys some props because because taking a needle to the skin to get loaded is just it's it's a whole nother level, bro. Like like it makes my oh, yeah. it makes me it makes me feel inferior as an alcoholic. Like you know what I mean? Like I used to swallow vomit and shit, and I, I would just sit here and be yeah. like, "You got to be hard like a fucking heroin addict, dude." They're jamming needles in their arms, yeah. <laughs> so then I drink more. Yeah, I used to actually take moonshine and pull pull moonshine up in my needle and shoot my heroin <laughs> with moonshine. That's the most that's the most fucking North Carolina, West Virginia thing I've heard fucking in a long time, dude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> 
other losers were using puddle water. He was using <laughs> yeah. fucking moonshine. Yeah. Straight moonshine, man. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a trip, dude. Um so how long did you run and gun, you know, just slamming heroin? How long did that run? Um, probably about let's say eight years, and then I was introduced to meth and um Oh man, it seems so manageable at first. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, quickly. Um, which when I was introduced to it, there was still a lot of this ice. What's going around now? But um, I I got introduced to like the old school biker crank, and it, it made you crazy, but not to the level that this stuff out here is making people crazy. And uh, yeah, it's just it it just it was a wild ride. Yeah, most definitely. I ended up going to Huntington. Well, I run back and forth in Huntington a lot, but um, they got great great recovery down there. But it's there, the dope's there if you want it. And having so many connections there, it didn't take long. And uh, I was just first time I ever lived on the streets. I ran on the streets down there for about two years, and uh, yeah, pretty wide open. Yeah. When did it? When did you start having problems, legal problems, problems with the law and stuff? Oh yeah, probably fourteen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. State race. <laughs> you were just telling. You were just telling me earlier before we started recording that you or or maybe it was earlier today at work. You were in the a juvenile program when you were sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I went from um, went to um, my parents kept me out of school so long when I got burnt. They just didn't want to. They dealt with trauma, you know, they had their end of dealing with, you know, their child getting burnt. So they kept me out of school longer than I was supposed to be. So I ended up on truancy and probation, ended up going to a military school. It's right down the road from here and went there for six months, come out, was going to go to Job Corps, get my shit together and um, ran into a female. And uh, <laughs> and um, she taught me in the breaking a house to get her pain pills. And I wasn't even on pain pills at the time. And um yeah, caught a uh, B and E charge at sixteen. Yeah, so went straight from military school right to juvie. Yeah. Now, now being uh, raised with a dad in the military, uh, how did that go over? I'm just curious. Uh, where he was Green Beret, like, um, which he means he was a much. savage. Yeah, he was a savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, um, he uh, he got early retirement because the the things he's seen and went through in combat. So he was just that guy that sat around with a thousand yard stare. Um, we didn't talk about feelings um, just and rightfully so. When I when I got a line, I got beat. You know what I mean? And um, I deserved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's about the only time I get anything out of him was when it was time to, you know, discipline me. Dad's giving me attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even yeah. fucking funny, man, but it, but it is. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so oh, dad, into, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Hen. It's your turn. Go ahead. Um. So we're getting into some of your daddy issues, huh? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. What about mom? What's her role in all this? Um. Yeah. Um. Just a lot of, uh, uh, is me a distraction? No, no. I was just trying to think of a nice way to put this. Um, I wish my dad would have bred like his, his dad, my grandpa was, uh, uh, an officer in the Navy and the dad was Navy and then, you know, got up to be a, you know, special forces, pretty good brains. And then like, he didn't breed with the greatest of gene pools. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy house. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that PTSD made some poor fucking decision making, huh? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it sounds like, like dad was just, you know, just hard, um, PTSD, no, no addicts. Mom wasn't an addict. Dad, dad didn't drink a lot or anything like that. I like to try to get to the source. So I'm sorry if I'm asking, you know, parent questions. Nah, you're bro. good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, uh, Native American on my mom's side of the family. So a lot of drinking and gambling. So, um, I don't know if that's, um, uh, genetics or just this area, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so nothing real crazy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, dad, I think if it wasn't for the military, he would have, he would have definitely ended up just like me. You know what I mean? Um, I think that just kept him from becoming an addict. But my sister, yeah, definitely. Um, it's just uh, in this area, he was just um, kind of just fucked from the jump. You know what I mean? There's just so much of it going on around you. It was um, now looking back, being older, I don't know how it was so normalized for people at my age and older to get high with me at such an early age. You know what I mean? It was just it was it was normal. It was just like yeah. you were 14 getting high with 22 year olds. And yeah. Stuff. 40 year olds. Yeah. Just hanging on the porch, drinking a 40 like shit you see in movies. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that like kind of that I've learned being around here and kind of theorized, and I would say especially more in the southern part of the state, because we drive south for convention. And when I tell you for 200 miles of of highway, there's nothing on every exit but a gas station. So a lot of exits don't even have a gas station. It is forests and trees. And like this theory that I've kind of um, I'm sure I didn't just come up with it on my own, but when, when people say, well, there's nothing better to do, like this is the actual epicenter of there is actually nothing better to do. There's like nothing to do. And I think in California, we have a lot of programs. We have youth programs. We have skate parks. We have, um, you know, trampoline parks and all kinds of shit like that and whatever. Um, but here they don't have anything like that. No, like the area I'm from, I'm, uh, you got Charleston Huntington and I was like smack dab in the middle. So, and it's the fastest growing state or County in the state. So there's a lot of money. There's a lot of housing developments going on and stuff, but, um, it's pretty populated, but oh yeah, yeah, you are from a bigger city. Yeah. There's, but there's still nothing for, you know, there's nothing going on. Programs. Absolutely not. You got football and baseball. You know, I watched an interesting documentary on that. It was like, uh, what was it like? The somebody's of West Virginia or something like that. And it was all about that. Yeah. The wonderful whites. And then I really dove in (laughs) on like, on like, on like Appalachia. Right. And, and I, and I love the, I love the history that comes out of that part of the country. Right. Like, like I'm a big bluegrass fan. Like I love that fucking music that comes out of West Virginia. Um, it's, it's top notch. Um, but, but there is something to Dude, it's no, no, dude. It, you, it's in its own. It's in its own league, bro. You start getting some good fiddling going on, man. That hits me right in the heart, dude. Something about it. Maybe it's because I was born in Georgetown. You know what I mean? I'm Out not making there. shit. That's what. That's what we call it. Oh, okay. Like okay. Tyler Childers and stuff. Yeah. Now, yeah. Me, bro. yeah. <laughs> but there is something to that by being so remote, because even even just like towns up just up the hill from us, Henry, where we grew up, like in Georgetown, there, there's nothing yeah. to do up there. So what, so what comes? It, it, it's just, a, it's just a farm of drug addicts, a bunch of meth heads, a bunch of heroin addicts and alcoholics. And like, you know, I mean, what else is there to do? 
what else is there to do? So, I mean, I, I get it. I think it's wild that it just took over that whole area for as long as it did and nobody did anything about it. I think that's the biggest tragedy. You know what I mean? Cause I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of people die and pass away. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty jaded to it. Um, yeah. If you want to get high, you know what I mean? That's your business, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I'm used to like, especially down Huntington, you get in recovery and it's like, you look around a room and down there, they pack 200 people in a meeting. And I'm used to looking around the room, like how many are all going to be dead in a month? You know what I mean? Cause Huntington was per capita, uh, overdose capital of the world for a while. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just where, where did he get his shit from when they die? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I hate to rewind there, but I actually got high with Jessica White's sister, Sue Bob, <laughs> from the no movie. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I tell you the whole state of West Virginia is a small town, yeah. I mean that shit, dude. It's crazy. Bro, she's got a rocking body, but she looks just like <laughs> Jessica in the face. I mean, identical. <laughs> oh, you took Cameron out. There he goes. Lord, take him. Lord, don't take my friend. It was it was Nash talking about wanting to bang Sue Bob that took Cameron out, dude. <laughs> oh. Oh, dude, that's fucking awesome. Uh, what do you got? Hit? Well, I hate to hate to take a turn for the worst. Yeah. But, uh, we, we talked about this before the show, so I'm not putting his business on the streets sometime in your time of running and gunning. You contracted HIV. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. It sucks. Um, <laughs> That's like, I just did like, the, hey, you just won the foot. You just lost the football game. How do you feel? Yeah. Well, like shit, we fucking lost. Yeah. Hey, how's HIV, bud? Nah, I'm winning, man. Um, it's um, honestly like, I hope nobody in, in active addiction has to go through what I had to, to get the a gift of desperation. Um, it was just, you know, I got four kids with, um, three different women. Um, it was just a, a, a universe saying that's enough. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's, um, it's just really cut dry for me that like, if I relapse, I quit taking my medicine and I die. And it ain't like I just overdose, fall asleep and don't wake up. I die slowly over, you know, six years. And that's, um, I don't know in a weird way. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's been a blessing, a huge blessing for me. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's just a no brainer to stay clean. Yeah. So do you kind of credit finding out that out as something that a big thing that helped you get into recovery? I mean, I've dabbled in it, but didn't actually, I, yeah. Like I, I didn't want to be clean before. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, was, um, never actually took a look at myself. I just went to sober livings till I could find another girl to live with or something like that. And it was just like, you know, yeah. See, that's the that's the scariest shit with needle using, right? I, I, I remember yeah. when I was working at Progress House, I would do intake and it seemed like every needle user either either had they all had hep C. They yeah. all had hep C. I imagine. You, did you did you get that, too? Because that seems to be. A yeah, thing. yeah. Um, two and a half months into the treatment to get rid of it so nice yeah, which that. is which is awesome modern science right yeah, yeah, yeah that you, yeah. you'll be free of that and that's a blessing yeah. man so um that's super cool and i appreciate you being so transparent with bringing that up dude because you know um a lot of people can listen and sit and be like oh shit like 
that that would be world ending but but you're sitting here with a positive attitude so hats off to you dude hats off to you um that was was that bottom for you or 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 Um, like you said because it sounded like you were just kind of bouncing around like oh hey uh i got hiv but i'm in a sober house i'm gonna look for another woman to live with and maybe i'll get sober yeah um yeah i it was just like I don't know, like growing up, you know, around here, especially you think the only places in the world that HIV is, is Africa and maybe California. You know what I mean? Like Charlie, San Francisco. yeah, Charlie Sheen and them, you know what I mean? That's the only people that got it. Um, but, <laughs> Does um, Charlie Sheen have it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the magic That's yeah. my role models. You know what I mean? Uh, cause you know, they still pull ass, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it was just, um, and, you know, down Huntington, they're so jaded to it. It's like it's becoming the next epidemic down there. Um, so many people have it. And I went to a hospital. I had a knee infection, was pretty close to losing my leg. And um, they was just like, yeah, and by the way, you have HIV. And, um, yeah, I just I, I lay in the hospital, felt sorry for myself, cried, weep, you know, for you know a good little while there then just got up and went and got high for you know a couple more months but it was just like you know i noticed that i was losing weight i wasn't able to carry myself around the town you know as well it was just you know just i don't know that's not the legacy i want to leave behind yeah how did you how did you find and or make it to jacob's ladder um well it's everybody in West Virginia has seen the documentary that's in recovery for the most part. But, um, there's this place, uh, Northwoods detox. Um, I've been at one point in time, they're popping up like crazy now, but I'd been to every detox in the state of West Virginia. And there was this place called Northwoods and those people there just, I mean, they're heaven sent. And they tried to get me to go a couple years ago. They was like, we think it'd be a good fit for you. You know, you should do the whole interview process and stuff, but I wasn't done using, ended up going back there and uh filled out the application and then just um i called every day two times a day sometimes you know squeaky wheel gets greased um i knew that like i caught my first felony as an adult last year uh last december and um pray to my higher power in jail like you know that foxhole prayer you let me out you know give me another shot i'll make the most of it and that's that's what i'm doing i'm making the most of it and i felt like um you know, with, you know, growing up on a farm on and off and stuff that, you know, it'd be the best fit. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, <clears throat> I'm glad you made, you made it. Um, and how, uh, I can't believe they kept, they kept building detoxes and fucked up your record. What do you mean? Well, oh you, yeah. You right. had all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them, I ain't allowed back to a few of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Jacob's ladder, man, it seems to be, is that, is that, that's a place to be out there. Yeah. Is that like the, the creme de la creme of treatment centers, like passages Malibu out here or something like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, with all these detoxes and programs popping up, it's, um, they're, they're just pushing numbers. You know what I mean? You, you were nothing. Um, it's the first time in my life I felt genuinely authentically loved and, um, knew that like, yeah, I had a shot. You know what I mean? That these people are going to give me a solid platform to to build on. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I mean, <clears throat> at its simplest form, 
number one, the secret sauce is the length of time because yeah. we all three can sit here and know that nothing is going to change in 28 days. Not that it can't work, but for a lot of us that are, that are deep in this shit and, uh, and have been doing it for a long time, it's really hard to have a, a magical huge 180 in 30 days. So there's that, but there's also, like he said, the love, you know, like, you will meet Stephanie and Dr. B who own the rehab and you're not going to meet the owner or the CEO of any other rehab probably in the world or very few. Um, and there's, there isn't just a, there, there's a whole um, atmosphere uh, of love and it's, it's more, you feel more like a family member than you do, you know, just a patient at a, at a rehab, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, Doc's actually from uh, the town right next to where my mom and I live in southern West Virginia. And Stephanie was headed down there for Christmas and she just messaged me and said, hey, proud of you. Love you. Just thinking about you rolling through your mom's town. That's just um, I don't know. You just every now and again, periodically get a message from somebody that, you yeah. know, really cares about you. Yeah, man. Stephanie. And- Text me and goes, I know you have a, a job, but would you like to go whitewater rafting with the boys in treatment on Wednesday? <laughs> like, I would love to, but I can't. But yeah, we, we hear from her. They have us all for Thanksgiving. I mean, it's a, we're definitely a family. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so sex, so successful, right? I mean, I mean, is it exactly is, are, are the numbers, are the numbers pretty high? Do you guys know? Like, do you see a lot of definitely. people falling off? Yeah. No, the I mean for for staying clean for a year, it's one of the highest success rates in the nation, I think. Um the number I think has fallen off, but I, it's I don't think it's anything they're doing wrong. It's just the nature of the beast, you know. Um but I still think their their rate of uh success is way higher than the national average. That's like Ram Brown. It was up there, you know. People want to do what people want to fucking do. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, yeah. How'd you get along with uh, Randall Brown up there? That was um, be my next question, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got thrown out of class a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, actually, that's um, he he left during my stay there, and it left a huge hole there. You know what I mean? Um, just um, yeah. But we got along good after we didn't. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> He just got to call you on your bullshit. And, uh, yeah, that's I, I was just talking about last episode and we are going to have Randall Brown on later this month. But uh, he 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 keeps it real and he's uh, tells you about yourself. And a lot of us when we're doing recovery aren't ready to hear that kind of no, shit. No, no, don't want to <laughs> tell us uh, what no. he's smiling about. No, I was just thinking about him. <laughs> um, yeah, he just uh, no nonsense. And that's, you know, you deal with, um, and up there on the hill, you got so many, you got, um, different classes, different personalities. It's just a mixed mixing pot of just everything. Right. You know what I mean? And then you go to the farm and it's like, you go over there around farmer Mark and it's pretty cut dry what he wants from you. He wants you to shovel shit and wash eggs. So it's a nice reprieve away from people. How does that make you feel? Or trying to, you know, get you to look at yourself. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of like the the attraction to it, though, right? 
like that you know it's not all hey we're gonna sit and we're gonna be in the fucking room talking about how how sad i am and how mad i am you know you're gonna have these small little moments to go you know make stained glass shit or go out there and and literally shovel up shit and go 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 let some anger out on that on that pile of shit out there and then we'll come back and we'll we'll start digging deep and i think i think that has i think that has a better effect um i i follow them on social media now because of henry and and now because of you're the second person I've talked to that's gone through there. Um, third, third, no, Charlie, Charlie, no, Charlie there and so Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Brandon. So third. Um, so shout out Jacob's ladder. I mean, it just, it just seems like they cultivated the right type of environment that is getting through to people because it's so hard, man. It's so hard to get through to fucking people. And if you can get through and get people to fucking stay sober for a year. I, even if it just lasts that long, you're doing something right. So I, I really got to take my hats off. This isn't like a welcome to rude dude. Let's stroke Jacob's ladder, but they're doing something right there. And I hope they keep it yeah. up because, because you guys are kind of in the trenches there from what you're, from what you're telling me. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of oh, sick yeah. people out there in West Virginia. Well, and to take this brotherhood thing, even a step further, I was just thinking about it. Our boss, Dylan is a graduate of Jacob's ladder and me, Charlie, and Nash all work for him now. Like we really do this, like looking out for each other. I think Chad called Dylan and said, hey, I got this guy, Nash. He knows yeah. a few things about construction. And Dylan basically said, yes, yeah, send him out. But um, we definitely are a brotherhood and we look out for each other in, in as many ways as we can. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I didn't know Henry from Adam when I got here and the, the infinity that he's had for me, he picks me up for work. Um, you know, when he left to go to California, he, he let me borrow the work truck so I could continue getting to work um, so I could go visit people on Christmas. So, yeah, it's just I mean, who, who lets you just borrow their truck and known you for, you know, six months? You know what I mean? A but, great, yeah. a, a great, a great friend, man, is what he is, yeah. is what he is. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't just say the shit that I that I say um, for no for no reason, right. you know, you know. Henry Henry right. keeps it real. So I mean if you like if you like real, he's gonna keep it real. But 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 if he likes you and 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 you're a good person, he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna do shit like that for you, man. He is. He really is. He's got a big yeah. ass heart, bro. He he really does. Yeah. Um regardless of how hard he, he wants to see him sometimes. He's Nash knows I can I I I uh I, I get a little tough on <laughs> Nash yeah. too. At least three or four times a week. Yeah. And see the way it yeah. works. Dylan gets on to him, then he gets on to me, then I go home and commit domestic battery or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the cycle. Dad beats me up. I beat up my little brother. Yeah. He goes and like kills lizards in the backyard. <laughs> it's a next Ted Bundy. I mean, it, 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 dude, it, it's a ripple effect, dude. That's yeah. awesome, bro. Yeah, so but I do, I do feel this extra um responsibility to help my brothers that have graduated i you know i want to help anybody in recovery obviously we do this and whatever else we can do but i feel this extra layer of you know when a guy's fresh out i'll take him to buy him something from the store take him to go eat give him a ride to a meeting whatever i can do or you know we get the guys like nash and um i just want to you know, it, it's it's like people said. You know, we we love 
some other people love us until we learn to love ourselves. And I know how it is like transitioning out of six months in, into what we kind of refer to as like real life. And you start getting real problems and shit's weird because you've been in this bubble for six months. And yeah. I try to help like make the transition as smooth as possible. And I think all of us do that, man, because other people did it for us. And, and I think that's why we have such a, a good success rate from Jacob's ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, I, I I'm I'm almost kind of jealous of that, dude, because because I didn't get like I said I didn't get to go to treatment, so so like bro, I was like I was like fucking fighting off devils left and right and just going to AA meetings, fucking shaking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like luckily, luckily by like the grace of God, White I made knuckle. it. Right? I, I mean, I mean, dude, Which is I, incredible in itself, really. It is, dude. It really is, man. But but. Uh, Nash can relate to this, you know, the power of a woman, right? Like I, I'm married, I'm married to her, right? Like for some reason, like I said, she was, uh, this is something everybody knows, but for some reason she was the catalyst, right? Like it was just like, boom. And I was willing to finally do it. Um, but I think that's so cool that you guys, you know, hang out with each other. You work together, you're a community, you know, Henry can share his experiences. You can share your experiences. You guys can bounce shit off. And that's how we stay. That's how we stay sober, bro. Like that's what it is. That's what it is, man. It's not about using. It's about it's about like learning how to relive. It's it, it's just and, and it's it's an easier, softer way. And when we have people who can pave the way for us and kind of show us um, aside from just telling us, that's how that's how we do it, bro. That's how we do it. It's attraction rather than promotion. It really is that that saying yeah. is is the truest of all. And I do honestly feel really lucky to work with people in recovery because we have meetings all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, every day, at least once a day. At some point we, we take a break or whatever, like, Hey man, this happened or that. And we share our experience and we talk about it. And then we have stuff like this little inside joke there. So I don't like how you said that. Uh, he used to say that all the time. <laughs> And he still kind of says it, but Nash has gotten good. Nash, one thing I'll say about him, he's really good at communicating um, how he feels instead of letting it build up and become a resentment. So he'd start, man, I don't like how you said that. And we come to find out after we have a little chat, I'm like, buddy, I was just messing with you. You know, like when I said that, and sometimes I'm not messing with him, but sometimes I am. And and we we decipher and we go through the difference. And I'm like, well, yeah, because what you did kind of kind of pissed me off. Or I go, buddy, I was just fucking around. Like it wasn't like that at all. Nash likes to build things <laughs> things up in his yeah. head. He's oh. trying to ruin me. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Um, what was, was it Charlie said we was going to do a little siding job, and like <laughs> I finally got my own little project to go to the back of the house to do on my own. And Charlie was out front. Usually, I'm laboring or cutting for both of them, and. Um, Charlie was like, well, I'll cut or, you know, they was like, we'll have Charlie cut out front for Henry. And you got back into these like little sections. I was like, all right, good. And then Charlie's like, good luck. And like, I was back there stewing on the ladder. I was like, what the fuck did he mean by that? I was like, he's trying to ruin me. <laughs> he's trying to ruin me. Yeah. Dude, the slim reaper with a sly little comment, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Charlie is just, his sense of humor is like dry and ironic oh, yeah. and like oh, yeah. goofy. So he says shit like that all the time. Yeah. Hey, did you win? Like you smash your finger. Isn't that fun? 
don't you like that? Like, it's whatever kind of shit. And so he 1000% didn't mean anything by it at all. He probably said it and didn't even realize he said it on autopilot. And, tr- and fucking Nash is back there stewing. Like, you know, when you said that to me, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, that's a that's it's an nice awesome. to fact check. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's fun to it's fun to sit there and shoot the shit, man. And at least, like I said, at least you guys have each other. Like, you know, being uh, I'm like the only sober person in my company. I think you know what I mean. Like, and and so like, there's a few people that are privy to to what I am and who I am. But but like for the most part, you know, it kind of feels weird. You know, like you're you're like a unicorn whenever he's sitting there talking about, oh, we went out and we went to the Kings game. And we all got fucking hammered and all this. Oh, hey, we should do this this work event. It's at this fucking wine tasting thing. Like, yeah, I'm not going to that. Like like, well, why not, Cameron? Well, well, dude, I, I don't fucking drink. And it and it and it's it's cool that you guys have that. And in a in a sense, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. Um, I think it's funny with Charlie with the dry ass shit. Just no, no, nobody's coming to, no one's coming to steal your cereal, brother. You're, you're all right. You're just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just that, that, that good old blue collar ball bust. And that, that's good stuff. Yeah. And I love that shit. Well, and I think that, I mean, that is exactly what's so cool about it too, because when you have your, uh, when you have your little thoughts of like, oh, these motherfuckers, are there, you probably don't talk to anybody at work about it, but us working together, you know, Nash, and, and I, I do, I have to give him all the credit because he'll be like, hey man, when you said that the other day, I was, you pissed me off, whatever. And then we talk it out. And like I said, I, I, it goes either way. It's either I didn't mean it or I did mean it. And here's why. And this is what bothered me. And I'm sorry that I, I, I came at you the way I did because sometimes I come off a little hot. I'm sorry I came at you the way I did, but it really did bother me. I'll work on how I express it to you, but I'd appreciate it if you worked on that. And we get to do that shit all the time at work, man. It's, it's, it's made for like really great communication. He's even got me better at communicating because I do come off a little harsh and it makes me realize I have to work on like on, on the way I express things, you know, you're allowed to be upset by something, but there's a a way to handle it in a way not to. And that's like my part, what I have to work on. And then he can work on whatever it was that bothered me. And I work on how I react to it. And, you know, it's just a constant work in progress. It's just that it's that it's that growth, bro. And being able to being able to be teachable, like what we what we talk about in recovery, right? Like and Nash, I got to I got to take my hat off to you, dude, because you know what, dude, that's a great thing that you do by addressing it right away, dude. Like like that. That is that is the shit, bro, because we can stew um, us addicts and alcoholics. We can stew on that shit. And and that's the quickest way back into the bottle or back to a needle straight up, man, because it's just those never ending fucking resentments. And then all of a sudden that one builds up and then another one. And then Charlie's making a comment about good luck. And then all of a sudden you're just like, man, fuck it. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Like it's really how it works, bro. And 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 just instead you, you nip it in the bud right away. And, and, and I think that's why you're having so much success in your sobriety, dude, is because you're you're willing to address it right away, regardless of what the outcome is like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to let you know how I'm feeling. And, and that's okay. Cause I got to get it off my chest and we just don't carry that shit, bro. I, I like to think of it like the movie labyrinth. You guys seen that movie? Nope. with david bowie and he's got his penis halfway yeah. around shit. yeah well like right, right towards the end she's got like she's got like that uh she's got that guy that one like little troll's got her trying to put all her things on the backpack he's like oh you want to keep these things you know what i'm talking about and she's got this big ass backpack full of shit and that's how i like to envision my resentments like i'm just carrying this humongous fucking backpack that of shit that i don't need to be carrying so i 
I've, I've really made it a point to kind of do what you guys do organically. And that's just like, Hey, if it's bugging me, let's get to the fucking bottom of it and be done with it, bro. Because, because that is just some toxic shit that I don't need. And, and plus dude, I just can't stand walking around being angry. I don't need that negativity, yeah. man. Cause, cause I was negative for too goddamn long, bro. And, and it's just, it's, it's not a good place to be. And I may be off topic with that, but there's my fucking rant on that. And I got RSV. So give me some sympathy. I, I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to RSVP. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. This is kicking my ass worse than fucking the 12 times I've had COVID, bro. Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, I, I was literally sitting there fucking at work today. She almost like passing out at the keyboard. I was about to die. But Well, it's, it's interesting we got to this topic because I actually got a call from my old boss from like three years ago today. And long story short, he said he's going through a custody battle with his ex-girlfriend and he's like, I guess she's been calling my old employees and trying to get them to testify against me because she wants to take the kid away from me. So I was just making sure we were cool because we kind of, the end of our working relationship didn't end the greatest. And the funny part was to me, I didn't give a fuck like a week after it happened. And I certainly don't carry a resentment through two or three years. I was like, bud, we're good. I, you you would be hard-pressed to see me uh, take my limited time to go to court for anything that's not for me. Like, uh, uh, So, yeah, no, uh, we're, we're good, buddy. I don't carry resentment, especially not enough to waste my time going to court for you and some shit you're dealing with. <laughs> bro, any excuse to not walk in a courtroom or fucking talk to a cop, dude, you can miss me, bro. Like, like I, I avoid that shit like 100%. a plague. <laughs> So Nash, what's a uh, what's your favorite part of sobriety, bro? Uh, um, you know, I guess like my whole life, like looking at dad and all his accomplishments in the military, it was like, you know, these are some really big shoes to fill. And since I've learned a lot on myself or about myself and everything, it's like um, you know, I got my own shoes to fill. We don't, we don't wear the same size shoe. You know what I mean? So it's just that I'm my own man. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm paving my own way through life. So yeah, just um, comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. yeah. For the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that you've, um, do you think you've accepted like where you're at and forgiving yourself for the, the things that you've done and all that at this point? Yeah. For the most part. Um, yeah, uh, I'm working on it. I go, I go to like uh, therapy and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the, I mean, I got kids that I've uh, abandoned. You know what I mean, more or less. Um, so, you know, at least now that I'm getting clean, um, they can come to me and I can explain, hey, this is what it was and this is what it is. You know, at least they can come to me now and I'm, um, I'm approachable. Um, so yeah. Um, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I think you were alluding to there, um, and I've completely lost it. You're your own man, your own shoes to fill. Um, oh, 
One thing I think a lot of us addicts struggle with is I'm 30 years old, I'm 35 years old, I'm 32 years old, however old you are, and I don't have shit to my name. I haven't done shit. I have no accomplishments, whatever. And something that I had to uh, come to terms with and like figure out for myself is I basically said, and I try to tell everyone else this, when we get clean, we might as well just be 18 years old. We're just becoming adults. So we can't get back that time that we had, but we're starting over from now. And, oh, this is what it was. One of the things you were alluding to is one of my favorite things is comparison is the thief of joy, right? So, oh, this motherfucker has this. I got a, I got a friend who's got this huge monster house and this great career and all this shit. And I went to his house and I was like, God damn, I ain't shit. This dude's doing it, whatever. But this is, this is not a race. Uh, we're not comparing ourselves to other people. We are all, all on our own journey yeah. and doing it on our own time at our own speed and, you know, the only person we have to compare ourselves is to is us yesterday. And all we're trying to do is be better today than we were yesterday. Um, so I, I love I love that you brought that up and how you mentioned that, because that's the truth, man. And I ask about forgiving yourself, too, because that's one of the other things we have to do to move forward. We all did some fucked up shit. But what are we doing now? Are we are we living in a better way? Are we doing better shit? Are we have we stopped our old behaviors and working on better behaviors? And that's the only thing we can do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Uh yeah, it's just I think I'm the exact opposite of a hater. You know, um, I love seeing my friends win, come up. Um, you know, they was it um, just I don't know if I'm surrounding myself with all these people that are doing good, then inevitably I'm going to do good. I might for me, I just want a, like a, a trailer back in the cut. You know what I mean? With a junk pile. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just and nothing's for sale. None of my junk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so you know, whatever to each his own, you know. Um yeah. I don't know. It's just um it's a jealousy is a, always a weird thing for me, seeing somebody <laughs> come up or do good. You know, if I fuck with you, dap you up, hug you, love you. Um, if you're doing good, man, I, sh- you know, I don't know. It's just always been a weird thing for me. Yeah. That's a there's a lot to fucking unpack there, Henry. That there was a, I I gotta find a, a sounder for for like hot flame alert. Like it'd be like whoop. Flame alert! Flame alert! <laughs> dropping flames! Like, like, dude, like, that's the biggest shit, man. And and I'll tell you what, man. Six years of sobriety, and sometimes I sit here in the shower, and I still like, I still have str- like struggles of like forgiving myself for shit. Like, like, oh. it, like a thought will a thought will just come up, right? A thought will just come up, and I just be like, God damn, how the fuck could I have done that? Because I'm so polar opposite of what that is or who that was, right? And I don't let it eat at me, but sometimes those thoughts will come up, man, and I'll just be like, fuck, man. Like, like, dude, what were we doing? You know? Um, and I think another another great point that you made, Hen, was uh, the comparison game, man. And I'm glad that you don't struggle with that, Nash, because that was something that was a really big fucking hurdle for me, man. It was a really big hurdle. I got sober and I sat here and then one of the biggest things I used to tell myself was, look at all the goddamn time I wasted. Look at all the fucking time I wasted. Look how far behind I am. I don't got kids. I'm not married. I don't got a fucking house. I don't got shit. 
Like, look at me. Like, 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 you know what I mean? And then I got people telling me, hey, well, it's okay. You can restart. It's all right. You're getting sober. You're doing the right thing now. Well, yeah, that's all fine and well. But fuck, dude, my head's not telling me it's all fine and well. I'm way behind everybody. I, 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 I pissed away, you know, 15 years of my fucking life. You know, right. um, and and that took me a long time to to get over. But, dude, um, another great point that you made, Nash, was everybody's vision of what they want their life to be and what that success looks like is unique. So. So, yeah, you want a trailer in the cut with a fucking junk pile, dude. If that's if that's your slice of heaven, that's your slice of heaven. I've said this on yeah. this podcast before that. Um, you know, to some people, it's a track home in a fucking gated community. Some people, it's a, it's a trailer. Some people, it's a fucking small cabin out, you know, by a pond. Um, we all have our vision and society's version of what you think happiness is doesn't fucking matter. So whatever you got to do to achieve that, make it happen, man, because life's living and, and you got no shoes to fill, but your own bro. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for saying that because this is your life. This is your life. You know what I mean? And, and that's, and that's, that's fucking hard to you know, understand sometimes we can get in our feelings at least. Right. And with, um, you know, having HIV, like I, t- I joke with Henry all the time. I'm like, it's the best thing financially that's ever happened to me. <laughs> um, all the resources, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I can right now, if I want to, I can go to the hospital uh, tomorrow and get a voucher and have free rent. Um, you know, I choose to stay in a sober living because I got accountability. I got brotherhood there. Um, and I'll probably do that for some time, you know, for at least probably another year I'm thinking. Um, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it just, now that I'm off drugs, that seemed like the only uphill battle of like, how am I ever going to get over this? But, um, I don't, I mean, you know, I say you gotta have HIV for, you know, opportunities to present themselves, <laughs> but, but, but you know, just, there are benefits. <laughs> yeah. I got free dental. I mean, <laughs> he gets to get out of work to go to HIV dinners. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Um, I'm glad that you brought something up and you reminded me, I forgot that I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, and it's something something that I admire in you, and it was a good bit of self-assessment. Um, I think you just talked about not being a hater and being happy for people, and you are, but I think you caught yourself not being, and I think it was with me. Um, if you remember, Nash came over one time, and the next day he said, man, I – Yesterday I came over, I said, God damn, Henry's in this big old house. He's got a beautiful woman that makes us sandwiches and, and what the fuck, this lucky motherfucker. And I caught myself being mad and I was thinking, what the hell is wrong with me? And instead of being pissed off, I just say, good for him. Good for him. And, and so now when he sees something good happen for somebody, he goes, good for him. And we see something and something happen, good happens. Good for me. And, uh, yeah, man. I, I do you remember that? Yeah, the main thing I was mad about, I was just like, he's got an old lady. She makes the sandwiches, at, like this house, and it was the hair. Like I was like, and he's got a head of hair. Like I'm going bald. And I was like, that's too much for one man. <laughs> hey, dude, 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 that is that is too much for 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 somebody fresh in recovery, man. That's a lot to swallow, yeah. bro. And you know, my my brother, my you brother's sweet bald. little puppy dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh. Every time we're at work and he's like doing the hokey pokey on a ladder, doing something crazy. I'm just always like, if you fall, 
like, I'll just be like, can I have your saw or like just something, you know, he's got, I'm like, if something bad happens. Like, can I have this? My saw, I'll put it live on the podcast. My saw's all does go to Nash. We've decided. Yeah. Yep. There it is, dude. So. And, and possibly the rig. Hey, I mean, I mean, you, you let him borrow the truck. Might as well just give it to him too. Yeah. There you, go. you know, that's Brittany a, better than anyone else. I'll that's say. a touchy subject right now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I got, I Why got. Why is yeah, it a touchy subject? Now? Uh, well, see, I just got my license back for like after 16 years, and um, I was visiting my girlfriend for Christmas, and um, I was, I was backing out of a, a Walgreens, and um, unknowingly bumped a car. And, um, so I've got, and I the backup a, camera and backup sensors didn't seem to be helping in this. Something slick was set in the truck. <laughs> and so, uh, this is Charlie's so, fault, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to ruin me. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got to go to court next month for leaving the scene of an accident and, um, uh, hit and run, which the good news is I had a license. Um, uh, there's insurance on the truck. Um, but, um, yeah, it could have been worse. Um, I was supposed to go a year without any charges, any run-ins with the law, or they would indict me on my felonies. Um, I got off bond the 20th and this happened on the 23rd. <laughs> I made it, I made it two days, you know what I mean? Three days, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but Hey, blessings of recovery. At least you were a licensed driver yeah, yeah. and it really wasn't a big deal. Now, had you been unlicensed and high when they found yeah. you, we, we'd have a different story. Yeah. So yeah. dude, I gotta, I gotta say this, man. Um, your overall positivity on life is fucking something to be admired. Um, I mean, I mean, dude, it's infectious, bro. Like, like, you know, some of these things that we're talking about, man, like, like, Hey, here's some positives about having HIV. Like I get, I get, I could get a voucher yeah. if you get free rent. You know what I mean? You're smiling and laughing yeah. about it. And like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, dude, don't ever lose that spark, bro. I don't, I don't know if you were always like that. And I imagine that when you were running and gunning and using, you probably weren't that person, but, but I, 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 you know, this is our first conversation. I like who you are right now, bro. You, you seem like, you seem like good people. And, and, and I see why Henry gravitates towards you, dude. And, and I, I, I wish you nothing but success, dude. Just keep plugging along the path and don't, don't let the world beat you down, dude. You're, you, you're, you're got a good spirit, man. Oh no, absolutely not. Like there's just half full or half empty. Like if there's a fucking sip in the glass, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I love good it, for dude. me. Yeah. Good for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal that one, dude. Anytime I do anything or anytime I don't die after a cough, it's like, good for me, dude. I made it. Good for um, me. Oh, fuck, <laughs> dude. Well, no, I do like that. Like, Charlie has some great one-liners like that. And um, Nash almost uses it kind of like the son of a bitch prayer. Like, when when you're like, God damn, you know, instead of being pissed off, you say, Lord, I hope that motherfucker gets everything that, that I want for myself. He kind of does that when he I, I, I see him. He catches himself being jealous and and he and he flips it on his head and goes good for them and you know turns it into a positive instead of like letting yourself be a fucking hater you just you know what good for them they deserve it good for them and 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 then you move on you let it go and you don't stew on it right yeah how'd you come up with that um you know uh, i was uh I think I was playing disc golf and uh, we, another guy we went to the ladder with, he come pick us up and take us. And he showed me how to do a back arm, just showed me the motion and I just whipped it. And he was like, dude, that's like one of the best big, 
back arms I've ever seen. I was like, good for me. And he just kind of chuckled. I was like, yes, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'll stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, man, I just, I just love the fucking positivity, dude. I really do. And, um, I, I, like I said, man, I, I, I hope you stay on the, on the path with us, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like how, how, how much time do you got right now? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, 11 months, 11 months, almost to that year, bro. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that. Dude, that's that's the threshold for me, bro. I'm I'm a big proponent that once you get that year, it's like I think it makes it pretty hard to to really go back. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like it gets real. Here lately, I, I you know I, I I'm pretty transparent with anything I'm going through because you know secrets keep us sick. Um, it crosses my mind, especially with the holidays and everything. Here lately, it's like in that year, you know, I got my <laughs> license, I got a girlfriend, and it's just like. Um, I got to stay vigilant right now because um, sometimes, um, you know, I just happen to look down the alley behind sheets and be like, I wonder if anybody, any dope heads are out. I'm like, yeah, I better not. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just, um, you know, people are kind of jaw drop about when I, when I say these things, but um, you know, not it, saying them is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. My circle, we're all addicts. So um, you can't tell me that you all are just not ever thinking about fucking getting high. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Bro, that's 100%, where the- dude. Go ahead, Ed. Having those thoughts and keeping them inside is is the worst thing, you yeah. know. And if people judge you for that, you know, whatever, fuck them. Because we talk about this shit to keep ourselves clean. Like that's right. how we. Because if I have these thoughts and I don't tell anybody, then I'll I'll keep I'll they'll start to fester in my head until it sounds like a good idea, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was a really important thing that you said there and, and sorry, sorry for cutting you off Hen. um, was a, uh, anybody we've mentioned this on the podcast. This is, that's where the Gipper came from, right? Like, like, yeah. dude, dude, dude we, for the Gipper. we, we, we all have those thoughts. And if anybody in recovery tells you they don't, they're full of fucking shit. Like, they, they, right. I mean, I mean, they're, they're full of shit, bro. Like, like it could be on a random ass day when I'm walking to the liquor store. And I, of course I, you know, my eyes just automatically look towards the alcohol. I couldn't want it. I don't want it at all, but, but dude, my subconscious and my alcoholic brain, that's where it goes. Right. And then I, I avert my eyes back to what I'm fucking focusing on and I go about my day. So that shit never goes away, bro. So I'm glad that you have that understanding. Cause it, cause it just doesn't go away. It just doesn't go away. Like no. I'm a, I, I don't think it does. Do you think it does Henry? Like, I mean, you've been, you, you've been, in I it think as long it gets easier and this is from someone who's relapsed obviously, but I do think with time it gets easier, but I don't think it goes away ever, but the longer and more time you get more comfortable, you get, you go, Hey, some, some fucking dope would be nice. Well, that's fucking stupid. Obviously yeah. it wouldn't, it just, you're able to just kick it off. Like toss it away with with you know minimal effort like oh that's fucking dumb obviously we're not doing that but it doesn't go away we talk about that like our mode of operation a lot of us for years and years and years was that how would you just remove that completely from your brain and never think about it again you know right that's we as an aba i had last saturday or saturday off before this and uh was talking to randall brown and he was like asking what is the best decision and the worst decision you ever made? And uh, I think the worst decision was playing with that gas that night. And then um, I, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I think it's going to sound crazy, but I think the best decision I made from there, you know, in my active addiction, it's getting HIV. 
getting HIV. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it's just, I, I mean, not knowingly getting it, but, you know, sharing a needle and ending up with it. It was just um, because if I could use successfully, I would hop a train tomorrow. I would fucking be out of here uh, like four paychecks ago. You know what I mean? I just, I wouldn't be here. So um, I, I don't know. It's just, um, you know, I know that I can't use successfully. So yeah. the well, urge is there. It's just the, you know, the carnage is just not worth it. I will say, you know, my ex, she had, um, uh, endocarditis, endocarditis. Yeah. And that was the catalyst for her getting clean. She knew that like, it was like, she had to have open heart surgery. And it was like, you're, you continue to use and you're going to die. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's what it takes yeah. for people, uh, something serious like that. Um, a mighty, mighty force because that addiction man is fucking powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's crazy that, it, uh, that it has to get to that point for some people, right? Like, like that, <clears throat> that for, for the normie listeners, like, you know, that, that, that's a great point to really hammer home. Like, man, like. They, why, why can't they just get sober, man? Like they, they almost died. Like, and that, and that's the sad reality too. Like of the people who don't get it. Right. Like, 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 Hey, hey you, if you use again, you're going to die. And they're just, dude, they, they just accept that path. And that's the saddest thing yeah. of all. Right. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. it. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it is. Um, the funny but, part is it's mind boggling to see from this other side. Like we got a buddy going through it who we won't uh, name, you know, right. who I'm talking about. And when you see it from this side, you're like, God, damn motherfucker like come on i mean you're you're in the streets and 28 degrees and he also came down with endocarditis not too long ago and kind of just pushed right through and it's like man um it's hard to believe but like that's what that is the point i was trying to hammer home is you you wouldn't like for for normies like you wouldn't you couldn't even fathom the the power of this shit you know like they say normal people if a doctor said hey you can't eat chocolate cake or you would die they would just stop eating chocolate cake but we're like you don't fucking understand how much i love chocolate cake right <laughs> yeah or 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 i don't believe you right like like like, like, like yeah no I, one like, believes you <laughs> <laughs> like like you know what i mean like if a doctor told me that no. like hey you're gonna die yeah. after one drink be like i bet you uh, i don't bet you it. yeah bet you i don't you know what i mean I, i've been going yeah, to fucking med school of vodka check it out you know what i mean like, <laughs> no but anyways um i don't got much more man is there anything else you want to say nash um, you know, I don't, um, you know, that, um, that, you know, HIV isn't just something that's, you know, in these third world countries, you know what I mean? Never thought something like that would ever happen to me. And it's, uh, it's next door. You know what I mean? It's in your neighborhood and it could happen to you very easily. Um, you know, I think just, that goes for anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like any, overdose yeah. or this addiction or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, you think that nothing like that would ever happen to you. I'm lucky enough that what happened to me that I, I still get to get up. Modern medicine allows me to live the rest of my life. I'm expected to live a full life. But, um, you know, it could, it, and that sounds crazy. It could be worse than HIV. You could not wake up. You could fucking overdose and die. Um, and, you know, it's just, um, yeah, just raising awareness for HIV. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's becoming a, the next epidemic here in West Virginia and Southern West Virginia. It's just, um, it's running rampant. You know what I mean? Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm part of um, a uh, advisory board. Uh, I'm not sure really what the dynamics of that is yet. You know what I mean? Of helping new patients, but I'm trying to maybe help prevent people from even getting it, even becoming a patient. So yeah, just, yeah. And you know what? I hate to get a little political here, but, but I, I think I have to in this moment, I don't think people fucking understand what a clean needle exchange is. Okay. And let me break it down for you. Drug addicts are going to do drugs no matter the fuck what. Okay. Period. End of story. Drug addicts are going to get high. It's either they do it with dirty needles and share them and spread diseases, or you provide clean needles to help keep disease down. And that's actually less of a fucking burden on society who's paying for the health care and the tax dollars to take care of all these fucking sick people who don't have any income or money. So like when you say, oh, you just fucking let the drug addicts do drugs, that's fucking bull. That's not what it is. Drug addicts are going to do drugs no matter fucking what. It's either they're going to use a clean needle or a dirty needle. That's the fucking point of a clean needle exchange, motherfuckers. Do you guys talk about that in the... Um, yeah. And, you know, being, um, you know, I'm pretty sure you did alcohol, you know what I mean? And, um, I hate to contradict that, but like, yes, a needle exchange does help, but, um, I would go to the needle exchange, get two bags of needles, pull three clean ones out and then sell the rest. So I guess in return, it does put clean needles in cycle. More clean needles yeah. Yeah. You there. are. But um, <laughs> for me, it was just a hustle. You know what I mean? Um, so it does get abused, but at the same time, yes, there is clean needles. So yeah. Yeah. It does help. Yeah. No. Well, not- I think it's like people think they're facilitating people doing drugs or giving them drugs or something. That's just not what it is. You know? No, no. Cause you can, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, dude, dude, that's a that's a hot topic, bro. And 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 to be honest with you, I I kind of don't know how I feel about it either, right? Like, I I see both sides. Like, hey, like, is it enabling drug use? Like, like you know, like Nash, do you get what I'm saying? Like, like, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna yeah. take three for myself, and then I'm gonna sell it, and I'm gonna buy drugs with that money, probably, right? Um, I think but, the. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it, but then I see Henry's side of it, where it's like, okay. <clears throat> In the long term, you're looking at it like a Roth IRA, bro. Like you're looking long game. Like you should go run for mayor out there. Like, hey, well, if we do this and it's used how it's supposed to be used, um, then therefore this is going to save us money in the long run, right? It's going to save people's lives from contracting these 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 diseases and 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 us having to pay for it. So so that's a hard thing. You would think it would be cut and dry, but but there's there's a double edged sword there on that, right? And and uh, Nash, like well, you said, like you. Was, well, the town I was in too, they didn't, it was, they called it exchange, but you didn't have to take any in. They was just pumping bags and bags. Like you didn't have to take any old ones in. So, you know, I would take my three and end up trashing them, breaking them, whatever, and then go back to the clinic with no needles and still get two more bags. So with an actual needle exchange that you got to bring back your dirties to get cleans, that would, if they actually did it that way, you know what I mean? So. I'll be completely honest. I've done almost zero research on the topic, but I have a lot of friends in recovery that are very, that are very passionate that work in recovery that are very passionate about it. And I I think it comes to the simplest thing. If, if every needle exchange in the world was shut down and gone tomorrow, would, would people stop doing drugs? 
No. Fuck no. no. They would just be doing more drugs with more dirty needles. That's, I mean, that's the long and short of it to me is that, you know, people are going to get high no matter what. Yeah. And if we can get a few more clean needles out there and, and that's getting into like some of my political ish views is that with, I think with addiction in general, there's so much, there's so much of, okay, we're incarcerating them on the back end after it's too fucking late. But what are we doing in the beginning? Let's spend a little money up front to to nip it in the bud and not have so many addicts and alcoholics that are going through the system and that are going to fucking jails and um, psych units and all that shit that we have to pay for anyway on the back end even more than if we just put a little more education out. If we made some more, uh, youth, youth facilities, so on and so forth, that kind of shit. Like, that's just my personal opinion is that there's more we could do, uh, in the, on the front side before it gets into this fucking epidemic that we have now. And we're playing catch up from the back end. Well, it's like down Huntington, the, the health department was, um, about to close. It's like a conspiracy down there amongst us all, but, the health department's about to close, and then what do you know? There's this huge outbreak of HIV, and what do you know? Now everybody needs to go to the health department to get their meds. You know what I mean? It's just um, supply and demand. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Henry, that, that that take is a very RFK Jr. take, bro. He's talking about opening treatment centers um, all throughout the nation. Um, I I think I'm 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 pro. Um, you know, nipping it in the bud, um, a little preemptive strike, you know, um, rehabilitate over incarcerate. Yeah. And this is another way too, like us as parents, right? Like how we model ourselves to our kids. Like that, that's another way to change it too. If we can't change it any other way, you know, you can, you can show them how to live a clean, healthy life and, and, and hope that they don't go down the same road. So. Yeah, I've come out of jail more strung out than I was on the street. So yeah, jail's not the answer. Yeah. No, no, yeah. jail's definitely not the answer. All right. Well, Hen, you got anything else? Well, I do want to take this moment to say that uh your solo podcast last week was a uh a beautiful tribute to me and my fiance. That's right, your boy's engaged. Um but I really, uh, I really appreciate the kind words, and I thought you did an awesome job. And I thought the message got through, um, and the message we we like to send, which is a message of hope and positivity, and that you know we're all uh, we all deserve love, and we can all find it, and we all deserve better. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you on here uh, for for your kind words and say you did a bang up job while I was off doing my California stuff. So thank you. Well, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. And I'm glad that the message got across, dude. Um, I meant every word of it. Um, like I said, um, over text, uh, it was an easy one to do because it, it came from the heart. Right. So i um, super happy for you. I hope you had a great trip. Um, Kristen looks like she was thrilled. And, and, and I'm, I'm excited for what the future brings, bro. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, man, with these, uh, with like our brotherhood and stuff, I, I, we we also model these things for um, for the guys coming out. Like I, I talked about when I went to convention in, in the Raptor and, you know, all the guys in rehab got to say, yeah, that dude right there, he graduated from this program. And so Nash sees me. I've got this beautiful girlfriend and, and this nice house and 
Um, and now I'm getting married and, and, you know, these guys like Nash and, and all the other ones get to see, yeah, it works and it gets better. And, and we get to like model this shit that life really can get really fucking great. It really can, man. Good for um, you. Good for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it, it's it's for you too, bro. It's for you too. I didn't yeah. think I didn't think it was possible either, bro. And 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 I got you know the same shit. I just don't have a raptor, right? Like I was able to buy a house. I was able to. I, I got married. I had kids. You know, like no one turn- should have a raptor. It's a terrible business decision. Yeah, yeah, I regret yeah. it. Henry 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 sending me pictures <laughs> of fucking Maseratis and shit. He's spiraling out of control. We'll All talk right. about that next I'm, week. <laughs> I'm like add this to the list of things that are cheaper than my fucking I literally found a Bentley dude I could have a Bentley with a hundred thousand miles for like 20 grand less <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. all right Nash do you have a favorite episode or what tell us something that that you like about the podcast because we didn't give Forrest a chance to stroke us so we'll give you an opportunity um, yeah, there's been a, <laughs> um, there's been a couple days at work, um, just, or, you know, just going through something and, um, I'll throw my headphones on and just listen to the podcast because it's, um, it's a good positive, uh, uh, message and it's, it's contagious and your laugh, man. It just, uh, uh, there's been a couple, uh, a couple things you said, uh, just, you know, I die laughing and I, you know, I'll be on a roof. People are like, what do you listen to? I'm like, y'all, uh, the, I think, uh, the, Sorry about your transmission. <laughs> I forget what episode that was, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The one that put Cameron in the doghouse. Oh, fuck, dude. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought that up on the most recent one, man. I, I, I can't help it sometimes, man. I, I, you get in front of this mic and uh, sometimes you can just stay stupid shit or maybe it's just a Cameron virus. But, but dude, I'm, I'm notorious no. for it. It's easy to do. Yeah, and we forget about the magic of editing. We just do it all one shot straight off the dome and never edit anything out. We no. probably should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for being such a, a, a big fan, dude. Uh, thanks for being a friend to my to my buddy Henry out there. Um, he's in good hands having yeah. people like you around. Um, stick around him, man. Um, he, he brings positive vibes. He, he, he's leading the right way. And, and if you, if you keep hanging around with the people that you're with, man, you you'll only succeed and you'll get that trailer and that, that pile of junk, brother. I can promise you that. Um, right, yeah. um, but thank you so much for coming on, dude. You were fun to talk to. You really were, man. I yeah. appreciate you. And, and, and you did a good yeah. job. So, so if you're, if you're, yeah. if, if you get off and you sit and you go, man, was that all right? Yeah. I think you did a great job, dude. And thanks for all the transparency. And you want to thank him. Yeah, you yeah. want to stroke him off the pod. Um, no, man, we'll, uh, I'll probably be, I stroke him every day. Yeah. I'm lucky there enough to, have this big luscious man in my truck every fucking morning but no i appreciate you coming on and the thing you know we talked about it before i was like are you cool with talking about the hiv stuff and he said yeah man and 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 i that's the coolest because i know that's hard it's not too comfortable and I, i mean People like us, we're open books and we're cool. A lot of people don't want to share that with, uh, you know, hundreds of listeners. Um, but, but, you know, 
if any, I'm sure we have at least a couple people listening who can relate or have something they're going through. And, you know, that bravery might help them take the next step in whatever it is they need to do in their journey to get honest or figure whatever else out. So I just commend you for that, man. That's really cool. And I'm glad we're able to bring that kind of realness to our listeners because that's what we try to do. Yeah, I apologize for not saying britches to, uh, He's been hyping me up to say that. You, you yeah, just there did. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister. That was actually uh, my sister's nickname until she was like, you know, fifteen. Little britches. So hey, hey, yeah. I love it, dude. So I love that. It, yeah. I love it, man. All right, dude. Well, um, I will give the consent, <laughs> the condensed spiel. Um, follow us everywhere. You know where to find us. Um, this is the new year. It is the fourth of January. Um, so we will get this video out onto YouTube and at least cut one TikTok, right, Hen? Yes, we will. Um, follow us there. I want to get that Opus clip, man, and let let AI make some videos. Yeah, for let's us. let the robots do it. I mean, it's inevitable. We're working too hard. Yeah, we really are, dude. Rude we dude really pod on everything. Rude dude pod. We might have new listeners, Cam, so you got to yes, let them know. Yes, yes. Rude dude pod everywhere. Apple, Samsung, um, Amazon, uh, Spotify and youtube instagram and tiktok that is where we are at um we have merch um we also have a support this podcast a link at the bottom of the show description you could support this podcast for 99 pennies um it would go a long way to get us um some more growth um we'll be able to pay for some more things to help us put out more content so if you are willing to do that we appreciate you um that's all i got for today thank you nash for coming hen good to see your face um congratulations again and i will finish it like i always do i love you bro i love you too cam love you nash love you thanks for coming on and remember be yourself and fuck what they think. Dude, this is going to be real mild because I might actually have a cough attack, but I'm going to try. Here we go. I'm on an MC with the music and miracle. I'm on a puppy, then boy, the lyrics are right. Oh, no. Stop it!